Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the greatest show in the galaxy, um, a Seventh Doctor story with Ace. Yeah. Um, it is Ace's third story. Uh, third of... Fifth, fifth, fifth story. Fifth? Yeah. I She's thought... In- I thought... Because the one before this was Re- Remembrance, wasn't it? Supposed to be, but not really. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why I'm confused. Yeah. Okay. Apologies. Oh, I see so, that now. There's yeah. this stupid Wikipedia page has production order and broadcast order as two different things. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. That's why I was confused. Okay. <laughs> Take back what I just said. Take it back. Rewind, everyone. Okay. Oh. Um. Actually, don't rewind because you'd hear me do it again. That wouldn't actually work. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is my version of the morning zoo Go on <laughs> We're from The half-assed morning zoo <laughs> We're from mindrubber.net The home site of Mindrubber Productions Where we talk about all of the things on podcasts Like this one, The Doctor's Companion Where we talk about Doctor Who Or our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers Where we talk about everything else If you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes Because that helps us And if you have questions, comments, concerns Or any other sort of thing That you might want to share with us You can email us at podcast At mindrobber.net And if you want to start a discussion about this Or uh, other episodes Of other shows You can go to the comments section And do that on the website MindRobber.net Matt, what is the background and significance Of The Greatest Show in the Galaxy? Well, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy Is the final story Of the 25th season Of Doctor Who So uh, McCoy's middle season It's his last story It was supposed to actually go after Remembrance of the Daleks But uh, John Nathan Turner was completely obsessed with making sure that the 25th anniversary story, Silver Nemesis, which was a Cyberman story, air on Doctor Who's 25th birthday. So he shuffled the order around to make sure that it all worked out and uh, basically jacked everything up just to make sure it all worked. Um, So he bumped Greatest Show to the end and moved Happiness Patrol forward and all this sort of thing. So it's supposed to be, you know... Not the season finale, but as a season finale, I think it's a really lovely bookend. Um, It's written by Stephen Wyatt, who also wrote Paradise Towers, which is a story that people hate. Uh, It's like one of the top, or not the top ten, but the bottom ten in the most recent major Doctor Who poll. Like, it's extremely low, uh, poorly regarded. And yet Greatest Show is considered one of McCoy's best best stories. Um, And I think it's interesting because Wyatt in Paradise Towers deals with the same sort of concept as he does here, except 
instead of uh, uh, in Paradise Towers, it's about a hotel instead of a circus, and it's about um, uh, I don't I don't know. It's not really about anything except fascism uh, and bureaucracy. Whereas Greatest Show is really about Doctor Who, uh, and it's a very self-reflective story. It's I mean, I was I was saying to you, like I just kind of not like drop a bomb, but like I just said to you right before we started that Greatest Show in the Galaxy is about as meta commentary as Doctor Who has ever gotten on itself without being uh, Moffat's, what was it? Uh, Curse of Fatal Death. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, is is parody more than anything. Like, this is Doctor Who talking about itself very seriously as an institution as it relates to a bunch of other things. Uh, Which I I think is really interesting. Uh, But we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Uh, Al, it's directed by Alan Waring, who's a who's the first time he's directed a story for the show, uh, and then he would go on to later direct Survival, which was the final story of Doctor Who in the classic series, and Ghostlight, which is one of my personal favorites. Uh, so he's he's really good, uh, but it really is like a nice sort of season ender to McCoy's first season as the Grand Chess Master Wizard dude, uh, because he, it's a hell of a plan that <laughs> he kind of puts together and just like. I don't know. It ends with a bang. It ends with a hell of a bang, in my opinion. Um, and that's really where it comes from, I think. It's just a... I don't know. It's a great story. It's really great. And it's coming out in DVD in a couple couple months, and I'm absolutely going to grab it, because it's, it's just fantastic, I think. So... Right yeah. Um, that's, that's great a show. Well, before we continue, this a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. And this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our next book of the month, Avengers, The Children's Crusade, by Alan Heimberg and Jim Chung. This book is uh, available for only $20.99, or 40% off the suggested retail price of $34.99. And uh, also, this month, uh, all DC Comics books, including Vertigo titles, are 45% off. Uh, so yeah, so make sure you get some DC books. Uh, DC started launching its new its new fifty two books. So like those are all coming out in trades and hardcovers. Um, the first six or seven issues of each. So uh, definitely look out for that. And then there's plenty of Vertigo stuff too that you should check out. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we get into uh, episode one, and uh, I don't really know what to expect from this. There are a lot of things about this. Like, I didn't really know much about it. I, the only image that I've ever seen is the image of uh, the image of the doctor walking away from a tent that's blowing up. Yes, uh, that's the only image of this story that I'd ever seen. And I can't even tell you where I'd seen it from before, but I know it's, I'd seen it's it. iconic, so it's yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't really know what to expect at all, but even going in n- not knowing what to expect, <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect it to start with a rap. <laughs> oh, and a and a and a, a a swift beat at that, like <laughs> just a. Just a just a humdinger, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not it's not it's not it's it's both fantastic and just really rough. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
It's one of those things where I can't believe this is happening, and then it happens again. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening again. And then it happens a third time, and I'm like, this is still happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it sounds sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't get any better any time it happens. It really doesn't. and yet now I watch it and I'm like, oh, this is this is just delightful because it's so cute. Yeah, it's just it's so cute. No, it starts with this um, this this ringmaster who I will. I mean, it 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 bears it bears noting not because it's derivative, but because anytime you see uh like a mixed race on a BBC show in this time period, it's it's worth noting. <laughs> black guy ringmaster who just comes in and drops some sweet beats like that's really all he does to like set it up about how you're going to the greatest show in the galaxy mm-hmm. and I can't I can't make that up I really can't it's it's like that's what he says like everyone come on step down and go to the greatest show in the galaxy and I'm like alright that's that's an interesting choice uh, you know what's also interesting hmm. the rap song was the first original song commissioned for Doctor Who since the Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon. Oh, well. <laughs> so they're, they're Oh, how far there. we've come. <laughs> <laughs> so it took them it took them almost 20 years, but they they really brought it back around. So it's <laughs> it's good to know. Uh, why, where's that single? Like, where's that single? Like, the, oh boy, the greatest show rap. I want it. Um, <laughs> with the with the Last Chance Saloon B side. <laughs> <laughs> B side is actually three hours long. So the um, <laughs> so the this guy this guy's doing the thing, and it's kind of setting up this circus. Uh, meanwhile, nothing nothing really happens in the first part. Uh, it, it's mostly setup of getting Ace and the Doctor and all the other characters kind of into the circus. Um, mm-hmm. but not really that because of how it ends. Um, but Ace and the Doctor meet a um, this this woman who's like a... a wait, wait, wait. You're going you're gonna to skip the little robot junk mail thing? Oh. I, I guess not. I guess I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. The way that they find out about the about the circus is this little robot just materializes in the TARDIS, and they're just like, "Whoa, robot!" And then they're like, "Oh, it's just junk mail," <laughs> which they seem okay with. And then it advertises the circus, and the doctor's like, "Let's go to the circus." And Ace is like, "No, I don't want to go to the circus. I'm afraid of clowns." And the doctor's like, "That's stupid. We're going to the circus." <laughs> really- which I just find because she looks genuinely terrified of clouds and he's like that's 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 the dumbest thing i've ever heard <laughs> we're going <laughs> i want to go to the circus i don't care yeah the first rule of things if you put the doctor anywhere near a circus just don't and you don't want to go just don't just no that's a bad idea because he's probably going to want to go because he's just like sinister things are afoot you know so so don't don't do that. Uh, but yeah, no robot junk mail shows up and invites the doctor and Ace to the circus, um, and they kind of the land psychic on the, circus. The psychic circus. I apologize because God knows it's a psychic circus, like, guys. <laughs> it's this is a this. It's important that this circus be psychic. It's, it's so important. It's <laughs> it's really the most important thing about the story. 
Right. Because what's dangerous at the end of this story is that it's about psychics. That's that's what it's about. <laughs> and there are no psychics in this story. <laughs> None. Nor is there anything psychic about anything. Yeah, no. It's uh it's it's about something completely different. Um I mean I guess it's alliterative, but go go them, I guess. Uh so they land on the planet along with a couple of other people who really just show up on transporter pads because they can. Uh, these people. Oh my are- god, dude! When that guy on the bike shows up, like the not not the kid on the bike, the biker guy. Oh yeah, with no, like I the crazy him- with the crazy horn, the no the crazy bat ears. Yeah, bat, bat ear helmet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I call. Not him. like Batman bat ears. I mean like actual bat, like yeah, a. Like- like he killed a bat and put it on his head. <laughs> yeah, like a really big bat. That's what it looks like when yeah. he starts driving off of the pad in his motorcycle thing and pulls out a sandwich. <laughs> I about lost it. He takes one bite out of it, and it's like a vicious bite, and he drives off. And then when we see him again, he takes his second bite finally, and then throws the sandwich off the bike. He he enjoys his sandwich. He that he made that bite really last. I think <laughs> the moral of that story. Uh, oh man, yeah. So so there's this biker dude, and he's like pretty hardcore. And Ace is totally into him because Ace meets up with him uh, at at a certain point, and and he's just like, and they're like, can you? And the doctor's like, can you take us to the psychic circus? And the biker dude's like, no, and he just drives away. Like it's, it's pretty useless. Um. So he goes to the circus. We also get uh, the doctor meeting with these two dudes, one of whom is named Captain Cook, which I think is a hilarious name for someone, and another which is uh, whose name is Mags, who's like you know his companion, if you will. And a, a lot, and so they just like hang out for a while. The doctor and Ace stumble across this giant robot that just fires shots indiscriminately, which is fairly unsafe. Um, and, is this, uh, then, this this happened after they met the woman, though, right? Yeah, after they meet the gypsy woman and eat her gross food. Which, I mean, guys, if you go to an alien planet and meet the gypsy woman, one, you're on an alien planet, and two, she's a gypsy woman. That's a double threat. So don't don't eat the food. Just don't <laughs> eat the food that's on that the gypsy woman. Does. Well, they eat the food and she creepily watches <laughs> from behind her cart. Yeah, it's like, you know, the way that when you go to an opening of a restaurant, the, 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 the owner will just sit and just watch you eat because he wants to know, you know. And she hates the circus. She hates this, this psychic circus. And she yeah. hates anyone and everyone who goes to the circus or just looks like they might go to the circus. Here's my question about that. What else does this planet have going on? Nothing. It's pretty empty. No, it doesn't look like anything. It looks like a desert her cart and this circus. <laughs> it's competition. <laughs> circus has snacks. She doesn't believe. She's a gypsy. She doesn't believe in snacks. <laughs> she does not believe in snacks. Um. Uh. But yeah. So so she's kind of there. Does she do anything in the story? Not really. She just kind of hangs out. Uh. Mm-hmm. And never really enters the circus at all. Uh. But the doctor meets. Uh. The doctor and Ace meet Captain Cook and Mags. They fight the giant robot. And then they come across this. Um. This abandoned bus, which is like rusted and dilapidated, and and they go into it and they find a um they find this robot who wants tickets and if it doesn't get tickets the tickets that it wants like because it's a conductor it just strangles you which again is not the best it strangles uh, you from your head 
Yeah. <laughs> From the top of your head, it somehow strangles you by grasping the top of your head. Well, that's that's where your lungs are, right? This is like, <laughs> that's that's what that's what that means on this society. Had somebody lungs. somebody programmed that robot to like <laughs> somebody programmed that robot to watch Indiana Jones one too many times. <laughs> so it just it just keeps trying to throw people out of the blimp. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, so so they shut it down. Uh meanwhile while all this is going on, I'll just mention this really quickly. Uh the, this boy and this girl whose name are their names are Bellboy and Flower Child are being chased across the country by clowns. Uh, which I love only because the clowns, like, they look like sad clowns, and they drive around in this, in this, like, mm-hmm. it looks like a hearse. Like, it looks like a hearse. Mm-hmm. And there's just a shot of them in this clown car, in this car, it's not really a clown car, just driving across the barren wasteland of this quarry that they happen to be shooting in, and it just reminds me of, like, some overly dramatic French art film. Like, it just mm-hmm. does it just I just imagine them and I'm just like, God, so melodramatic and weird mm-hmm. and absurdist. I don't understand. Well and it's it, it, I also love that <laughs> this this story apparently had the budget for two people in clown makeup and six people in clown masks. <laughs> <laughs> that amuses me. <laughs> I'm like those aren't even real. They're not even cl- really like you couldn't afford <laughs> face paint. Seriously, uh, that killed me. That's Every time I saw the clowns in masks, I was like, "Wow, yeah, really, <laughs> really." Well, well, you save a lot on having to reapply, right? I mean, that's what that's. that's yeah, what that's right. For. I guess. I mean, that must be what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chief Clown, the main one. He was uh, he was the voice of uh, nobody, no one. Oh, dude, that's awesome! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, no, no one. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a story I need to go rewatch or listen to. Yeah, Ian Reddington. Oh, oh he's he's really good. I love him in this. Actually, now that mm-hmm. now that like I, you just mentioned him, like I think he's so good at being sinister and um, uh, manipulative and creepy and very. I don't know, just behind the scenes puppeteer master sort of thing. Like he's good. He's one of my favorite things about this story, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because once after I found out that he was nobody, no one, I'm like, he totally was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. One, only one of the best Doctor Who villains ever. Um, yeah, that none of you guys have ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mo- Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Go. It I is. mean, I want them to. For they just they have to listen to a lot of things yeah. to appreciate it. So true. Fifty stories, man. Fifty stories. But it is. I it did is. it. Yeah, it was worth it. Absolutely worth it. Uh, so, so they're driving across the country and they're chasing these two characters named Bellboy and Flower Child, which is. Which, which which are weird names? Uh, Bellboy and Flower Child. <laughs> their names, their names that that they did not work very hard to make, <laughs> because they're both hippies. 
So she's flower child and he's bellboy because he's wearing bell bottoms. <laughs> so yeah, they really didn't. Which, You're going to be flower child and you'll be, uh, and then he's like looking him up and down, uh, bellboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like, you'd think that they could come up like, cause every other character in this story is named like generically, like chief clown ringmaster, um, or whatever. And you know, bellboy has nothing to do with the, what this guy does. Like uh-huh. absolutely nothing. And I'm just like, all right, well, that's a, that's a choice you made there. Um, <laughs> but they, so they're traveling across the countryside, trying to escape from the psychic circus, being chased by kites, which is a thing apparently. Uh, <laughs> And Flower Child is tracked to the bus before the doctor and everyone gets there, and she's killed um, by the clowns and taken away. Or I don't remember if she's killed by the conductor or the clowns. It doesn't really matter, but she's she is killed before the story even starts. And Bellboy uh, is captured by the clowns and brought back to the circus. Um, and so at some point, the doctor, Mags, Captain Cook, and Ace are like, hey, let's go to... Um, Let's go to let's go to the let's go to the circus. And they're like, Alright, so Captain Cook and Mags just go, Well, see ya, they hop in a car and they drive there. And the doctor's like, Man, let's walk. And Ace is like, God. So <laughs> Captain Cook and Mags show up at the circus. Um, and they show up uh, along with Bat Boy. And when they're brought into the circus, they're brought in to be like spectators and they arrive. They enter the circus pretty much just as the Doctor and Ace are arriving, and uh, they start to see the first act. And uh, Mags cannot handle it and just starts screaming, and she cannot stop. And Ace gets freaked out. Like she's like, "Doctor, let's not go. This is not a good idea. Let's not go." And um, and then the ringmaster does what I think is a really chilling sort of moment. He just pulls out a remote control and just su- mutes her voice, which is really messed up. Uh, and the doctor's like, "Well, I don't hear anything." And Ace is like, "Go, let's go." And the doctor's like, "No, we're going in, or do you not want to go in?" And then they just kind of end the episode, um, which is weird. But yeah, that was. That's a really, really weak cliffhanger. <laughs> I, yeah, it is weak. I think they could have played it better because the moment of like indecision is a really interesting one, uh, especially because you know that this circus is up to no good. But they could have played it better, but uh, yeah, it's not. It's it's very abrupt. It's very abrupt. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's it. All right. Yeah, <laughs> it went to the credits, and I was like, uh, seriously? <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so so we come back, and the chief clown shows up, and he just beckons them inside. And the doctor's like, oh, good. And the doctor is is so on the nose about all this. He's like, I just want to go to the circus. And he is so happy to go to the circus. And it's like, I don't want to go. And it, and, it, and so they, they enter. They're warned by the, like, the, she's like a, like a shamanist guest woman person she's really like a, a fortune teller that's the word i'm looking for a fortune teller 
<laughs> and the fortune teller's like, you sure you want to go in? It doesn't seem... And then the chief clown shows up and she's like, oh, you guys can go in right now. It's fine. Go right now. And um, so they enter and they come across this weird family, which is the only family sitting in the in the psychic circus and the bleachers. And it's a dad, a mom, and a child. And they just sit there stuffing their face with popcorn. And the mom, every so often, just tells the kid to just shut up. Like, that's her exact word. Just shut up. Shut and up and eat your popcorn. <laughs> which is which is uh, some strong language for a child. Uh, yeah. What to say to a child. Just shut up and eat your popcorn. <laughs> she says it with, they both say it. Like, the mom and the dad. And they both say it with such disgust. Yeah. Well, to be fair, if a kid wouldn't shut up while I was trying to enjoy some circus, <laughs> I would I would probably tell them to shut up as well. I mean, they deserve it. You don't shut you don't up go, and eat your popcorn. You don't go to a show to have your kid talk all the way through it. That's not why you go to a show. Um, so so the, the show the, starts. The, I love the, the clowns the, start. I love oh. before this before we figure out what's going on exactly. It's just. It just looks like it just looks like that the those three people that family are the only extras that they can afford because <laughs> there's no one else in the audience. Yeah, it's it's really weird and really bizarre to see, like to the point where it's jarring because you expect there to be a lot of people in the second circus and it's really just these three people it's 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 weird like and the first time i saw it i was like that's not what i was expecting and that's what i i don't know that's what i like about this story is you can't really ever guess where it's going it's just constantly moving in a direction that it knows of and it's just sort of unfolding you know what mm-hmm. i mean um but yeah so the show starts and a bunch of clowns just start coming out and dancing and we find out through a a trick that um the the ringmaster plays right when he walks out because one of the clowns just stops moving that all the clowns are robots, uh, which is an interesting choice. Um, <laughs> I'm not against it. It's just an interesting choice. Um, Robot clowns. Okay. Yeah, well, no. How do you make clowns scarier by making them mindless zombie robots? Um, so Ooh, Zombie yeah, clowns. Yeah. Well, seen it. Creepy. <laughs> Guys, don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so they they start the act, and the and the the ringmaster decides that now is a great time to rap, um, and just does another rap where he calls the doctor and Ace down to the stage to perform, and Ace is like, "Screw that!" And the doctor's like, "Oh, I'm I'm loving this." The doctor is so excited. <laughs> And then like and then like they 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 get pulled backstage and into like this holding area where they meet Captain Cook and Mags and they just go and the doctor's like hello and the this gate just drops and locks the doctor in and he's like ah oh, curses like <laughs> he jumps from like excitement to frustration very quickly oh man <laughs> Uh, but meanwhile, Ace manages to escape and, uh, and hides in the, like, in the sheets and folds of the circus, which I think is really interesting, uh, that they split the Doctor and Ace up. But, um, I think it's worth mentioning. Is that interesting? (laughs) Wait, 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 let me get this straight. They split the Doctor up from his companion? That never happens. Hold on. 
<laughs> Hold on. Well, well is this? Well, <laughs> it's interesting because it allows Mags to be the companion uh, because Mags is like allegorically a companion. Uh, oh, of of your oh Mags. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get there. Um. So. <laughs> So while this is going on, this random kid in a bicycle shows up. Uh, who's ba- he's basically Harry Potter. Like, let's be honest, he's basically Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> he's he's Harry Potter if Harry Potter was a nerd. Oh, think about yes. that. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> is he writes- Harry Potter a nerd? Yes. <laughs> what I'm saying is, this kid would be Harry Potter if Harry Potter was a nerd. Think about it. <laughs> Get that yeah. image in your head. It's, there we uh, go. It's, it's very on the nose. <laughs> um, so so yeah, it's uh, so we get um, we get this kid shows up and he's so excited to be at the psychic circus. Like he's like, I've waited all my life for this. This is the only thing that matters to me. I am I am a fan. Um, <laughs> and there and and the and the the the. Uh, Oh God, the fortune teller. That's her name. I'm always, I'm gonna forget that because we have a gypsy and we have a fortune teller. Uh, the fortune teller is like, all right, well, I don't like you, so you can go backstage. <laughs> she just, she's just like, nah. All right, you deserve this kid. Um, so so the this kid, poor kid. Yeah. So the kid, <laughs> he rode he's, there on his bike. Yeah, he's he's not treated well. Uh, not at all. But there's not a lot to him, like, you know, Doctor Who fandom in the 1980s. Um, so the kid, the kid goes into the audience. But just before he goes in the audience, they bring out Bat Boy, who was captured by the Psychic Circus, and they're like entertain. And the, and the audience is like entertain us. And Bat Boy lifts up a uh, lifts up this barbell and just goes aha. And then, <laughs> and then. The, and like one of the biggest dick moves I've I've seen in Doctor Who, the ringmaster's like, eh, what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> and Bat Boy's like, uh, nothing. And then the uh, the the audience who previously had held up three nines to ex- express their pleasure with him lifting a heavy object, zap him and turn him into dust, which is you know. Deserved. Um, I love so, that. They're just well. Not only, not only is it what else? No, the 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 guy, the ringmaster, doesn't say what else you got. The guy successfully does what he's doing. He he gets good marks. Everybody's happy. And the ringmaster. This is what makes it a dick move. The ringmaster says, and now he's gonna tell some jokes. <laughs> and then walks away. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? I don't. But it, I just, and then they give him zeros because he's not telling a joke; he's just stuttering, <laughs> which apparently isn't funny. <laughs> I thought it was. This oh, this audience man. has no taste. Let's just say no. that. they have very poor taste. Um, so dick uh, move, ringmaster. Dick yeah, move. Super super dick move. Like it's just like, like really, you just you really just hung him out to dry. Like just yeah. He did something good, and then you're just like, eh, all right, what else you got? Tell a joke. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to be good. Well, I can already, t- I, I can tell from talking to you for 30 seconds that you don't have a sense of humor, so <laughs> how about some jokes? 
Kind of like Eric Sayward. Um, so, oh, so, well, it's true. Eric Sayward was all about the macho macho, and then he had no humor. So there you go. Um, <laughs> and he is struck down. So what does that tell you? Uh, so Harry Potter is brought into the audience, and and the, the ringmaster is like, "Hey, you're gonna d- perform," and and Harry Potter is so excited, just just over the moon at the at the poss- at the possibilities. That are that are unfolding to him, where he's like, "I get to perform with my favorites." Oh, wonderful! So the 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 clowns start to bring him backstage, but before they do, the Doctor and Mag stage a breakout using argumentation and clubbing people with juggling clubs. Yep, <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> just so fantastic and wonderfully choreographed. And then they're just like, "Well, let's go, Captain Cook. You want to come with us?" And Captain Cook's like. No, I'm 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 good here. I'm good here. Just kind of hangs out, <laughs> drinking tea. Uh, so the chief clown shows up with uh Harry Potter, and it's just like, and it's just like, oh hell no, and sends out a uh, sends out an ex- like a, a crew of clowns to go explore, and ends up uh catching up with the Doctor and Mags, but not before the Doctor and Mags find this weird creepy eye at the bottom of this chasm that they find deep in the heart of the circus uh what does that mean we'll find out uh (laughs) but in the meantime the clowns show up and so does captain cook and captain cook's like i found you and i sold you out and you guys are next on stage and the doctor's like god damn it again captain captain cook with the dick move just (laughs) the dick dick move um (laughs) so so meanwhile, Ace, who in the previous episode really didn't do anything except run around pretty mindlessly, is fi- finds herself in a in a in an abandoned room full of damaged clowns, and you know manages and they they all start to come alive and she really just kicks their ass like that's really all that happens and she finds out that Bellboy is in the room Bellboy the guy from earlier and bellboy is the guy who fixes the clowns and says that the psychic circus used to be so good but now it's now it's really gross and not as fun and and ace is like well we should fix that um so <laughs> we cut back to <laughs> harry potter getting called on stage uh and captain cook who harry potter was a fan of once upon a time uh, just kind of sells him out again and just says, hey, man, why don't you go on stage first? And, and Harry Potter's like, you'd do that for me? And and, oh um, and and Captain Cook's like, yeah, yeah, I would. And so Harry Potter goes on stage, gets instantly, does not entertain anyone because he just talks about how excited he is and is just killed, just murdered by <laughs> evil. Um, uh. <laughs> what? Too much killing? Yes, I just I felt so bad for all these people getting killed in this. Really, I think that's the point. <laughs> I mean, I know, but I'm just like, we... man, like this gets so excited. <laughs> yeah, he he was, but oh, you know, now he's poor dead. Harry Potter. Yeah, well, you know, boo. Fandom fandom cannot save Doctor Who, is what that's saying. Um, so. So he's killed. Uh, so is Bellboy because Bellboy tries to help Ace escape or something. And the doctor, 
investigates a bunch of stuff. And, like, really, I'll be honest with you, part three, not a lot happens. Like, really, it's just a lot of moving around pieces and the Doctor meeting up with Ace and investigating the Eye again and escaping Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, Ace, I need you to go back to the bus to get me something off that big giant robot that we saw once upon a time. And, And Ace is like, all right, I can do that. Uh, and then the doctor is recaptured <laughs> because he is. Uh, I don't even remember how uh, the doctor like manages to get away in the first place. Like it's super kind of lame. Um, and uh, he manages in, in the quarter in the course of this, he also managed to find this guy named Deadbeat, who was once a sane person but has been driven mad by the psychic circus. Uh, I, he's important for later, I guess. Um, <laughs> He's he was really like it's one of those things where it's like a lot of these characters are only really important in the fourth part, like when everything just starts happening. Uh, but it's really just like, oh, he's this guy who was around before and now he's here and blah blah blah. Um, yeah. But the doctor uh, d- realizes that they saw something uh, with uh, or not Deadbeat Kingpin. This guy, this guy, uh, Deadbeat and Kingpin are the same person. But I, wish, I should call him Kingpin. Uh, Kingpin has this eye medallion that they need, uh, but the doctor needs to take out, uh, needs Ace to go to the bus for some reason. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it's really weird. I'll be honest. I kind of lost track of what was happening at this point. It, it was really weird. But what happens is the doctor does arrive back in the cell with Captain Cook and Mags and the doctor's like, Hey guys, let's all team up and do a great, like, like uh three ring circus act. And Captain Cook's like, all right, let's do this. So they get out on stage, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, let's do this. Let's let's do this." And <laughs> instantly, Captain Cook pulls the dick move and just goes, "Give me, give me some moonlight," and <laughs> instantly just turns Mag in, Mags into a werewolf because apparently she's a werewolf, uh, which is kind of random. Um, <laughs> and then sends Mags off to attack the doctor, and the doctor gives this repulsed face, and we get a cliffhanger, which is a weird cliffhanger. It's a little yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, but uh, we come back and the doctor manages to is like just do a bunch of tricks to get away from Mags and manages to turn Mags up against Captain. The Cook. funny thing, okay, the funny thing about this is like <laughs> the reaction that he has, like his disgusted face that you talked about, like that's all his reaction is. Like, she's turning into, uh... I mean, she's basically a were-hulk, I guess. <laughs> she turns green, but has werewolf tendencies. And teeth. And teeth. And, and turns green by the light of the crescent moon. <laughs> it's a green moon. Which I thought was an odd choice. <laughs> um... It's it's a little weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> it is. It is. It's actually no. It's it's really weird. It's really <laughs> it's really weird. I don't know what's happening. Like I remember watching this and just being like what? <laughs> like I just <laughs> like I think it all happened. And then we moved on to the next section of the episode and I was just like what? <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was like, why did that... Why did that need to happen? Why did... Oh, they needed a cliffhanger. That's why that needed to happen. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's it's really weird. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 a sequence. The Doctor Tarzan's on some rope and manages to uh, get Captain Cook killed in the process because you know Captain Cook is not being nearly entertaining enough, and the audience really hates him. So, uh, so while this is going on, the Doctor manages to escape with Mags and realizes that. He needs to confront what this evil is head on. So he heads into like this area that is forbidden and travels through this weird psychedelic wormhole and arrives in this giant, like not giant, but it's pretty, it's a fairly large Coliseum and sitting in it. And it's like a, like a stage, like a burned out stage and above him sitting where the audience was in relation to this, are three stone-headed dudes uh, who the Doctor calls the gods of Ragnarok, um, who feed on entertainment. And uh, kind of a weird twist. Yep. <laughs> but not, like, but only because it's surprising and you're not expecting it. Like, I don't know, It's the, the imagery and iconography of it is awesome. Like it's very uh, it's 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 a Davies era twist, really. Yeah, definitely, because it's yeah, yeah, it's 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 really unique. And these, so these gods feed on entertainment um, and uh, need to constantly be entertained, but they don't really know what entertainment is. And the doctor is like, "Well, I'll show you entertainment." In the midst of all this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot because. Uh, the Doctor and Mags manage to escape from the stage, and Captain Cook is killed because he's not being entertaining enough. Uh, the fortune teller and the ringmaster are like uh, are not entertaining the audience enough, and the audience, these gods of Ragnarok, are like, "You're not entertaining us enough." And they're like, "Well, we're sorry. We'll get you more acts." And they're like, "You don't have any more acts," and they just kill him, like <laughs> just brutally murder them <laughs> in the middle, in the middle of the story. And I'm like, "All right, well, that's." That's that's also an interesting twist. <laughs> um, so they're dead, and there's really no one else who could save them except the doctor. So the doctor starts doing ridiculously silly magic tricks, like just silly sleight of hand magic tricks, um, and uh, to stall for time while Ace and uh, Mags, who went out to get Ace and Kingpin, can bring him what he needs, which is this medallion that Kingpin has. And, uh, so they are chased, so Mags and everyone are chased by clowns, and they manage to defeat the clowns using the giant robot, which Kingpin helped program, uh, Bellboy's dead because he died, I guess, at some point, I don't remember, uh, <laughs> and, uh, they manage to use the giant robot to kill the, uh, to kill the, to kill the clowns, which is kind of also a brutal sequence, uh, and then they're like, alright, well, let's go back to the circus, so they run back to the circus, now that they have the medallion, because I think... You know what it was? Kingpin left the medallion in, like, the bus, and they have to fight the conductor android again. And Ace blows it up, which is always fun. <laughs> and um, and so they uh, so they bring the medallion back to the Doctor, and just as the Doctor's about to be destroyed by the gods of Ragnarok, because he's like, you know what? I'm just not going to play your game anymore. Uh, he <laughs> conjures a sword, like a sword out of nowhere. <laughs> And gets the medallion thrown to his feet because they throw it into the eye, which is a portal to the gods of Ragnarok. And just goes to town on the gods of Ragnarok. <laughs> like, just, just kicks some ass. Like, 
in a way that I have rarely seen on Doctor Who. Like, he is he is shooting fireballs, and he's watching them destroy themselves, and then he just walks out of there, the whole circus implodes. In what is one of my favorite explosions in all of Doctor Who. Oh, it yeah. Is, it is badass. Uh, and the circus has now been purged of the gods of Ragnarok, and Kingpin and Mags can now create their own traveling circus. And the doctor, and they're just like, Doctor, you want to join? And the doctor's like, no, I'm good. And then it ends. Um, and that's the greatest show in the galaxy. Uh, sure is. What's interesting about it is that it is a large meta commentary on everything, uh, on where the show has been, what it's talking about, what it's doing, where it's going. And, I mean, you can read about it all online, but basically if you look at it as an allegory for the Doctor and Ace or the Doctor and Ace, of course, but Captain Cook is uh, Davison and Colin Baker specifically, who suffer from both wanton neglect and inaction, uh, which was a common complaint leveled against them. Mags is their companion. Uh, Harry Potter is Doctor Who fandom. The Ringmaster is Jonathan Nathan Turner. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the fortune teller is the script editor. The main clown is Michael Grade of the BBC and the gods of Ragnarok are the BBC. Uh, then it's really about Doctor Who just basically giving the middle finger to the BBC and how it's been treated over the last like five years. Um, in a, in a really weird sort of way. Uh, I'd talk about it more, but I explained it a lot when I did the blog for this back in August. So if you're interested, I'd recommend that, not to plug too much. But I think that as a story, it's really an interesting sort of thing. And, I mean, like another movie that just came out really recently that Scott and I loved, it's about just tearing down the system and rebuilding something new from it. Mm-hmm. So thematically, it, I think it's, you know, relevant and interesting. So that's what um, Greatest Show in the Galaxy kind of is, allegorically, just roughly sketched out. Uh, that's fascinating. Isn't it? Doesn't yeah. it make you really want to watch it again? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember the rap. <laughs> and I'm like, I can wait. <laughs> well, it turns out Jonathan Nathan Turner couldn't rap either, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Right, right. well, there you go. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's the story, and it ends, of course, with the Doctor basically just giving the middle finger to everyone and just kind of walking off and being like, I'm going to go do whatever I want, and I will survive you, which is kind of awesome. So, greatest show in the galaxy. It's, it's kind of awesome, except that he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he gets one more season. <laughs> um. So yeah, did you like this? I didn't ask, really, but... um. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Wasn't my favorite McCoy I've seen. Sure. Um It was it was entertaining just because of how bizarre it was. It's yeah. it's a really weird. It's just it has so many weird things. Yeah. It's very sur- like it's very almost absurdist, very surrealist. Uh-huh. Um, in, in ways that Doctor Who rarely is. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't love the story the first time, but now that I've seen it again and I know what it's talking about, like, I think it's extremely well done. Like, and one of his better stories. Uh, I mean, Remembrance is this season, but, you know. I'll have to, I'll have to get around to watching it again at some point. Yeah. It's, it, it's worth the rewatch, especially if you, like, you know what it's talking about going in. Uh, which I specifically didn't say, because I didn't want to spoil what it was about. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, 
That's uh, that's the greatest show in the galaxy. Um, before we move on, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all of your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from your local comic book shop, you can get from DCBService.com. You place your orders two months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. And uh, you only pay six twenty five flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Next week, uh, we're returning to David Tennant. And we're going to be doing uh, Time Crash and the Voyage of the Dam. Because, you know, they kind of happen one right after the other. And, Voyage yeah. and, and Time Crash is only like five minutes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I guess... David, I guess David Tennant and Peter Davison and Time Crash. Yeah, well, yeah. No. And David Tennant and Voyage of the Damned. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because I keep forgetting that they did a mini Doctor crossover. And, like, every time I think about it, my brain explodes a little bit. Yeah, I know, like, right? Yeah. It's, and I'm just like, I'm just like, why? I mean, it's not that we're, I mean, we, we obviously are clamoring for another crossover. But at the same time, I'm like, I can barely process the five-minute one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's because so true. It just, yeah, because especially because it like, it's not even that. It's like, like it's just like crossing over the classic series with the new series is mind blowing. Where I'm just like, they're the same show, you know. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we should stop talking about it and save it. All we right, record. we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, in the meantime, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me, you know, in my house, wherever. No, on the internet. You can find me on the internet, twitter.com slash gungadin. You can also find me on my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where we do uh, live tweeting. And I'm overdue for some smash. Believe me, after we record the next Mind Robbers, I'm going to go binge that shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. It's coming. It's coming. Um... <laughs> Also, Galaxy Quest. I have that from Netflix, and I am, I am going to live tweet that as well. Um, mm. So those. Also, my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, which is my Doctor Who blog, my classic Doctor Who blog, where you can find my post on Greatest Show in the Galaxy, which I recommend because I loved writing that one. That was a lot of fun. And it's, I don't know, it's super delvey and stuff. Um, uh, but also this week we did Paradise Towers, which was not planned. Believe me, it was not planned. But watching Paradise Towers and this back to back was really kind of weird and interesting. And I, you know, it made I don't know. I really appreciate Paradise Towers. It's people hate it, but I kind of love it. Um, so it's not perfect, but it's fun. Uh, so look for that. Also, Destiny of the Daleks next week. Oh God, that's. That's not fun. Um, so, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Destiny of the Daleks, man. It is It is Douglas Adams editing a, a Dalek story by Terry Nation. And it's the last Terry what? Nation story. It's, it's, it is atrocious. It's so awful. Oh, no. Anyways, so, so <laughs> look for me bashing my br- my head into a corner on that one <laughs> uh but until then uh you have happiness or not happiness patrol paradise towers which uh, is a little it's a little interesting so there you go 
Uh, you can find me twitter.com slash Scott Corelli and twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, where uh, we'll probably be doing some Sunday Trek soon-ish, maybe. Oh, yeah. Possibly. Dude, con's next. I know. That's next. I know. Um, yeah. I'm also in Florida next, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when we'll get around to that. Hopefully yeah, family soon. family night. Hopefully soon. Um... So, uh, so yeah, there's that. And then uh, check out my short film, uh, Missing the Action, on uh, mindrobber.net. Uh, also, check out the Mind Robbers and our recent uh, Mind Robbers special where we reviewed Joss Whedon's The Avengers, um, which people seem to be liking quite a bit, our review of that film. So oh, yeah. uh, if you want to hear what, we, what, our, what our thoughts are on The Avengers, then you should go listen to that. Yeah. That was that was a fun conversation. That was yeah, it was. Is that the one where he talked about the dictator slightly? I think yep. it was. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, that, now that I've realized that revelation I made about that movie, I cannot stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know what I'm talking about, go listen to it. It's a good show, especially if you've seen the Avengers, which I mean. Is everyone at this point? Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen it. Yeah. yeah, here's here's how much of everyone it is. I'll just let you in on a little background before we go. Uh, I got I definitely got a text message from someone who I'm sure I know, but I don't have their number plugged into my phone, and it was just like, okay, I've seen it three times. How good was it? And I was like, really good, but I didn't know who it, <laughs> you was. Know who it was. You just assumed what they were talking about. <laughs> Well, what else would they be talking about? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, and it's like an 818 number, which is like the area code near me, so I have no idea. Like, I just... I have I have no idea. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. So, so it's someone. <sighs> Probably someone from my job or something, I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> uh, next week should be fun. Time crash, boy, to the nail. Alright, see you guys.